This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everyone? Welcome to Benchtown TV. My name is Jim, and I'm here with my co-host, Kyle, and we are back covering MGM Plus's Beacon 23. Today, we are covering episode three, titled, Why Can't We Go On Is Three? But before we get any further, as always, just a little Benchtown TV housekeeping. If you're listening from our silo or Beacon 23 feed and you're not familiar with our other podcast coverage, then we just want to remind you that we cover so many different shows and would love to have you as a listener for those as well. We recently covered Gen V, Fall of the House of Usher and Attack on Titan. And besides Beacon 23 right now, we're also covering Jujutsu Kaisen and A Murder at the End of the World. We cover a lot of TV and we want you all to come for the ride. All you have to do is search Benchtown TV on any of your favorite podcast apps or check us out at BenchtownTV.com. So, like I said, episode three, we're back, Kyle. Um, I want to hear your thoughts first. I just did my intro, so I want to pass yeah. it on to you. Let's do this thing. Yeah, so we're we're learning more. We're getting new mysteries again, new character, which in my opinion has fallen into the same trap of episode two characters. Yeah. Maybe maybe slightly less so because of the direct connection we have to Aster, but it almost feels again like a villain of the week type of thing. And I'm not sure, like we talked about in the uh, episode we did covering episodes one and two, they're short stories maybe this works better in the short story format type of deal where like, or maybe again, maybe our expectations aren't calibrated correctly about what type of story this will be, but it just felt a little off because of the side character thing where like, I don't really care that much about this woman. They try, I felt like to like build this relationship quickly with Aster and they have this past and the ending was shocking but it felt more shocking for shock value than like emotional type of thing so i don't know i, I the, the mysteries of their pasts and now again we get astra's mother that's the more interesting stuff for me i want more right. of that stuff the relationships and the side characters are kind of falling flat for me they're definitely slow burning it for us we were talking about in episode two how we don't know where this is really going and i don't think that they answered that yet i still think we're in that limbo where we're not sure where this is going are they going to leave the beacon is this going to be story after story within the beacon i don't mind what it's going to be either way i just kind of want to figure that out sooner rather than later just so i have my expectations figured out just like you said kyle Mm -hmm. i do think three was stronger than two i i didn't really care at all about the wreckers like you know obviously in the very beginning of this episode we have Halen packing up the bodies. They dispose of them later in the episode. You saw, you brought it up last episode. Battle, we don't care. 
Are we going to see the kid again? Yeah. Maybe. But I, I liked Coley. I liked this situation with Coley and Aster. I liked that this gave us a lot more information about Aster than the Wreckers could ever have done. I think Coley served a way bigger purpose than the Wreckers did. And I do agree that it's another quote-unquote villain or character of the week. I was very surprised they killed her off that quick again. It's yeah. like, it's just crazy that it just seems like they're recycling over and over. Like, here's a new character. Oh, wait, we're just going to go back to our main two in the AI. Here's a new character. Oh, wait, we're just going to go back mm-hmm. to the main two in our AI. That was very surprising to me. Like, again, I don't know where they want to go with the story. So... If they go somewhere different, fine. But I thought Coley could have been a great character to keep and then have that shocking yeah. ending for a couple more episodes. Mm-hmm. I thought the the actor did a good job convincing of the character, the kind of maybe two sides of the same coin of, you know, I love Aster. Aster drives me crazy. I am, you know, mission driven, but I have these emotions and, and you know, she's antagonistic to both of the characters, the only characters that have been consistent, which I've it felt off to me. I like the potential is there. Like if she was in another episode and maybe we're working together yeah, type of deal. Yeah. It just kind of things just kind of happened is almost how it feels. Like is she just obviously technically speaking, everyone in a story is pretty much a plot device, it feels like. It just it she just felt like a way to extract information out of Aster, which is not a bad thing it's just looking back it's like okay like it literally could have been anyone almost right right it's kind of how i feel about it but i mean there are still good moments like i liked all of the moments of both the i guess you could say couples or pairings you know they're getting high together on the gravitational waves you know we learn maybe a little bit more about aster's past kind of somewhat sort of we learn more about halen's past which was good you know so we she was a way to get us a lot of information which is interesting to me it's just that i guess i'm less was less interested in her as a character and then she literally dies in the episode and it's like okay well adios yeah they definitely had a lot of potential with her give her a couple give her a little shout out sandrine holt she's in 24 house of cards homeland the expanse i mean mm-hmm. i'm a big 24 guy so i recognized her right away and i had to go back and double check make sure i was right <laughs> um you know <laughs> Her suit, her suit was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, you know, she looked just, like. Um, I'm trying to think of the name. Kanye West, I feel like wore a, a mask like that for some concert like oh, forever really? ago. That's just I don't know why it's what it reminded me of. I was like, oh my god, look, Kanye West is on the beacon. That's funny, but yeah, I mean, in the beginning of this episode, before we even meet Coley, we have Halen packing up the bodies. Aster pretty much confirms via the cameras with harm that. The samples are what's triggering the PTSD for Halen. We obviously mm-hmm. knew this as a viewer, but now Aster's confirming it for herself. Bart is now restored, but Halen doesn't want his permissions restored, so our boys he's quieted, still, the little yeah. bastards quieted. Yeah, he's still be boop boop boop. <laughs> we bring up the Beacon 20, or the Beacon 23, the Beacon security ring, and you do see later that Halen is wearing it, but I'm not really sure what it's supposed to do yet. Do we know this yet? I mean... If we did, it went over my head. Yeah, because she says, oh, look, good, finally, we found the ring, and gives it to him. And I do notice that throughout the episode, he's wearing it, but I have no idea what it's supposed to do. Something big that we do get in the same scene is that Aster is looking at the samples again, and she looks, and she looks, and she sees that it matches her pendant. So we're starting to get 
some information about how these rocks can have something to do with Aster's past. And Aster, throughout this episode, does believe that Halen and herself are there for a reason. Yeah. Which is kind of weird to me, like especially introducing Coley, who you can tell they did very good at letting us know that they were in a relationship. Like you said, it's a love-hate kind of thing for Coley. She loves her, but she hates that she loves her because... Basically, she says Aster's a POS, and yeah. <laughs> it's a shame. Yeah. But you could tell that Aster loves Coley back, but Aster is who she is. So it's a, re- it's a difficult relationship. But I was just, this whole thing made me confused because she was choosing Halen's side over Coley's side. And I know she was confused and suspicious of Coley from the QTA side of things and if it was all set up and all this kind of stuff. But I think the relationship between Halen and Aster is great. But I think the trust that she has for him is kind of falling flat to me where it's like she is putting all this. She's like, we're taking Halen, right? We're taking him. We're taking him. We're taking him. Mm -hmm. Like she is fighting Coley like crazy. And she's doing the whole we're meant to be here. And I feel like I'm not getting that the strength of that connection yet. I don't see that why she has it yet. Yeah. The only thing I can I can think of is and basing off of something you just said as well about uh, Coley and and Asher's relationship is that I guess she has a penchant, it seems, Asher, this is for just going off and maybe putting her trust, even briefly, in just random right. people, other people. She seems to be quite obsessive at this point about the rocks, the connection to her mother, why she is there type of deal. We've also talked, I feel like, before in the last episode of, of thinking about Halen and why Halen's there mm-hmm. and his connection to the rocks and things like that. So she could be thinking of that along those same lines type of deal but yeah no i mean it's i think their chemistry is there for sure but yeah it definitely feels a bit jarring that it's like i'm staking my existence with this man right over and i mean i guess cooley is also equally as shocked of like what the hell is going on here dude like (laughs) we've been through you know who is this bro i don't remember how many years they say but yeah it's been like probably a decade right yeah yeah 10 years so and we and we were just talking about how it was confusing to us how, you know, the first two episodes, they were basically super suspicious of each other. Mm-hmm. And we get into it more this episode where Halen and Aster both just come to an agreement that Aster's just a liar. That's just what she does. <laughs> yeah. So there's just no, I don't see the trust. And Halen isn't pushing it as much as the opposite way. Like, yeah. Halen. Well, he almost likes, ditches them. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. I think he was on his way out. So mm-hmm. Halen did decide he could have rolled out and he decided to come back and save Aster in episode two, which was big. And yes, the chemistry's there big time. Their homies love it, but it seems like it's on Aster's side where she's just like, we are freaking connected here. There's something going on and I'm going to ride or die for this guy. And trust me, I'm okay with it, but I think it's a little too much right now. Just, it doesn't really make full sense, but maybe it will begin to make sense when we get more information. We don't know what these rocks do. We don't know supernatural what the rocks do. They could be pulling them into it. You know, we don't know yet. She does seem to think, and now as I'm reading my note and now I'm questioning as I'm opening my mouth and saying this, whether I wrote this or she says something to this effect, but like the rocks, the pendant and the dreams and the visions are all connected. They're all connected. That's what she says, yep. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I think that she's definitely, I think, latching on to that. It also seems to be that there's like an underlying thing for her of like wanting her life and the things she does to have meaning. 
you know, because we talked in episode one when she's discussing how her job has basically taken her away from all of her family and, you know, how mm-hmm. her mom was like, don't end up like me. We learned in this episode type of thing. So I think that maybe that's just like a character trait of hers where like she's she plays it off as the nonchalant cool gal. But like she de- I think she does want to like, you know, have an impact and is searching right. for meaning type of thing. So maybe that's kind of a, an explanation there for why she's latching on to Halen so much. I, I could I could be easily be convinced. I may have just convinced myself of that. Yeah, I like that. I do. I like that a lot. Going back to just the disposing of the bodies, we get that cool scene where they're actually like, like actually disposing of them. We mm-hmm. get the spacesuits. I thought the spacesuits are cool as shit. The cinematography, again, the visuals, not only one when we're seeing them go to Mars again. I guess that's not the best yeah. <laughs> way of saying it now for all our family guy friends because they are freaking in space here. But yeah. they're getting they're getting high with the gravity. They were um, fucked up. Yeah, and they were doing it a lot too. Like they're yeah. just like, yeah, let's, you got you want to go back up there and party? Let's party. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, they're doing that. But like the visuals on the top of that beacon, and this is a little bit later in the episode, but they're talking about how. All I want is some oxygen and clouds and the blue sky. And that's so ironic because I'm watching it. I'm sure you are too going like, wow, this is a ridiculous visual at the top of this beacon, seeing yeah. the galaxy, seeing everything in the in the universe. And you're like, this got to be cool shit. But all they want is what we have. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, also, it's just like something that you for sure just take for granted. The fact that I can step outside of my apartment door and, and hit some fresh air. I mean, it just reminds me too, like I was like a little congested asia was a little congested recently and it's just like how often you take for granted just being able to breathe air type Mm -hmm. of deal so i can't imagine just like hold up in a place or i mean halen i guess it's been a long ass time yeah and even i love how they do this they did it in the first two episodes you have to have the silo does it too going back to hugh alley you have to have the manipulation of light because you're in space and you're underground and you have to keep the circadian rhythm somewhat right, or you're just going to be totally effed up. I mean, yeah, it's a good point. even being here, meaning on Earth in the regular <laughs> day, like I wake up if I don't get the light in the morning, or even if it's like winter and we don't get the sunlight as much, yeah. the heat, you feel different. I oh, mean, yeah. it's, a I mean seasonal, dude, it's a seasonal I, depression thing. Everyone talks about it. Yeah, how much it sucks now that the sun's setting so early. Yeah, so I can't imagine being stuck in that beacon. But no. yeah, the visuals are just unbelievable. So props to them again. I, I want to give some props to some of our YouTube commenters, some of our Discord people, you know, just talking about the visuals, the the cinematography, and even I want to talk about it right now just really quick. Someone brought up the pulse gun, and mm. that's actually, we didn't bring up the point that it's actually smart to have that because regular a concussion gun, I guess it is, but regular ammunition would just like F up the beacon you don't want that kind of stuff (laughs) i was more along the lines of i didn't really understand what it was doing like when it went through them at one point and all that kind of stuff but yeah props to them because it's true you have to like think of that kind of stuff we didn't really bring that up yeah but after the disposal of the bodies we get to halen and he thinks the qta hacked the beacon blew up the ship sent the wreckers fast forward pretty much confirmed but yeah we'll get to that in a second my big question at this moment that i had in my notes which we do get answered is why the hell are they sending the wreckers why are they sending aster why are they deciding to blow up her ship after they're the ones that sent her so you mm-hmm. have to assume she didn't want to survive they didn't want her to survive but later in the episode we find out spoiler alert that it was all a plan and they looked at the psyche valve of solomon and they said we're gonna leave 
one survivor yeah. and he's going to bring her in and that's going to be our infiltrator. So smart on the QTA, smart on Aster for figuring it out, but damn. Yeah. And again, like in the context that we learned in the show, it's from Cooley. Uh, Aster figures it out, but then Cooley kind of mentions that Halen is, you know, 84,000 star systems away. So while yeah. he may not know, in the same sense that Aster didn't really know what was going on, being manipulated around her. I'm curious what kind of that flip side of the coin is for him, for maybe there was some level of manipulation going on to get him there as well, which would be interesting. Right. Because we learn a lot about his past. We do. In this and that episode, is, too. That's another good thing we have about Coley, because I'm assuming that it was her, when she sends the request for his data, we only get that because she was able to pull it in mm-hmm. from QTA. So yeah. it wasn't act Bart brings it up or harm whoever she asks, whatever AI she asks, but it's her authorization that gets the information. And even Halen, he knows who's in his squad and he remembers that kind of stuff, but he's not believing the fact that he did this to his squad, which yeah. is one of those things that I'm under the impression that, it, yeah, it's going to be a fuzzy thing and it's not going to be that. And mm-hmm. we're going to find out something different. Well, we talked, you brought up iRobot. I believe in reference to him for episode one. And we know that he's, you know, this kind of somewhat nebulous term of a human weapon. He has some type of robotic technological upgrades. I wonder if there is. Can they take control of him or something? Yeah, like anything to a higher level where they could, you know, manipulate memories or, yeah, like override him or something. Yeah, make him act in certain ways. That would be an interesting twist, I think, for sure. Because, I mean, mean, he did seven tours, which was more than. Uh, Cooley's dad who she was like super proud of like he was this big military man so like he has more almost military experience under his belt than that like it doesn't seem like he would just randomly abandon the squad he obviously doesn't really know what happened it seems beyond him saying it didn't happen like that type of deal so I just don't know it's just they've done a good job again the main thing I'm interested in the show is all these mysteries and we're developing them and learning new ones at the same time, which is good. What did you think of, and again, we talked about this at length, it felt like at the end of last episode of where we just learned from Bart, Harmony watched the tapes and was like, yeah, that's not what happened. And it was like, oh, it just like kind of happened in the beginning of the episode. And I was like, oh my God, okay, we're off to a hot start in episode three. Yeah, and it was, inter- <laughs> it was interesting that it wasn't one of those things where Aster herself or Halen himself said, yeah, pull up the tapes. I'll show yeah. you that I didn't do this shit. Or Aster would be like, I need to know, man. I need to know if I could trust you. Pull up the tapes. It's just like harm as a side note. It was like, Bart, chill out, man. He's not a murderer. We saw it. It's an accident. He didn't do anything wrong. You know, yeah. shit happens. I mean, we got our answer. I'm glad we did because I think we did say to both of us we wanted that answer pretty quickly because it wouldn't make sense not to have it. So we don't know why Bart still doesn't like Halen. Yeah, it seems, and I'm okay with this. I even love this, that Bart's just like a big Solomon guy. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck this Halen guy, you know, type of deal. I love that level of like a super biased AI with like, you know, like emotions and things like that. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay with that being the answer. Seems like more to come with right. Bart. I like I like how he very easily allied with Cooley when she like kind of hacks into the system. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, for sure. Whatever he says. <laughs> just like, I, I got, got all back, that info. Are you enemy or yeah. you friend to, to Halen? Yeah, that was Let's so do good. this thing. Like Let's tear his ass up. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I, I, I think Bart's going to be interesting for the rest of this season. Um, 
<laughs> he's a little <laughs> wild bastard. card. He's just a little yeah, wild card. Yeah, he's definitely a wild card. So I'm excited to see where he goes. He, he has to be something big to the story. They were bringing up and doing the whole override and harm going into a system and showing us those weird hallucinations for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something to find in there or something going on that we're going to find out in the next couple episodes or maybe even with the finale, whatever it is where the, the key is going to be to something Bart knows, something Bart's done, you know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So now we actually meet Coley in this part of the episode. And like I said, the suit was cool shit. I like the suit. I like the spiky head. I like Kanye coming in for the headbutt, <laughs> trying to take out Haley. Yeah, that was good. Um, let me say that I still don't love the fight scenes. I think that what they're doing here is more of like, we want to make it like raw um, real life kind of stuff. They're using like jujitsu, Muay Thai fighting. Obviously, Halen goes for the arm bar towards the end. I think they were going for the realism, which I'm fine with, but it just cracks me up how they're just doing it kind of tipsy, whatever, however you want to say it, like back and forth, where like last two episodes, it was fantastical because it's sci fi and they're flipping upside down and they're losing their balance and this and that. And now this episode, it's just like a hand to hand combat fight. Thought it was cool, but I just still think it's a little underwhelming. What did you think of the mm-hmm. throwdown? I think I agree, especially like with the, the aftermath when he's like quote unquote training against the pillar, yeah. and it just yeah. it just it oddly enough feels out of place, even though we know that they're like military people and like they're telling us that and they're kind of showing us that. But I do agree, it just is like a part of the episode. It's it's like a footnote almost in an episode for right. me. Yeah, and I hope that they take her suit and use it if they need it because I sure I do like how fit in that. Yeah, I like how Haitlin was a little pissed off that he wasn't he won the fight, but it wasn't as easy as he thought it would be. He believes he's a human weapon. He's seven tours army, this and that. And Aster does say like Coley will really love that you love her suit, badass suit. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe Aster will get into it. But we do know Aster's not a fighter and it was Coley that was the fighter. So I don't know what Aster could do in that suit. And I don't even know if that's the kind of story they want to tell. Like, I don't know how yeah, much yeah. fighting they want to be in this. It might just literally be, we're hanging out and we're talking for a lot of this show. She'll just shank a bunch of people with, like, a screwdriver. She just keeps seems shanking people, her, man. Yeah, it seems to be her go-to move. <laughs> <laughs> right in the clip, liver, yeah, man. Yeah, maybe close that distance. Just shank yep. a motherfucker. <laughs> it's not a bad move. Yeah. It's not a bad move. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. She's been quite so, effective with it over two or three episodes. I'd take that over the concussion gun, man. Oh my god, for sure. So for sure. Yeah, so once we meet Coley, we get all of the confirmation we need that they work for the QTA as together as partners. Eventually we find out that Coley is technically her boss, her manager. She says at first that she has no idea what Aster's talking about when it comes to the actual blowing up of the crest and her joining mm-hmm. the ship and being saved by Salmon, aka Halen. She says she was coming in to check and save, check on and save Aster, which we find out is a lie. Mm-hmm. But something that is pretty interesting is that she says Aster requested slash demanded this mission, and they never do that at all. We find out that really, at this point, Coley sees the rocks fully as we're rich. Aster mm-hmm. plays that card with Coley, knowing it'll like get her to do what she wants, but we know that Aster thinks there's a little bit more to the rocks than that. Coley doesn't like Halen, and we do find out that Coley hates AI in general. Yeah. She doesn't want to talk to Harm. She doesn't. She talks mm-hmm. to Bart later, and she talks to Harm when she needs her to save her life. But otherwise, exactly, she doesn't yeah. like AI. Yeah, that felt like a setup just for the end. Yeah, 
of the episode, which I mean, it did hit for me, and I was like, ha. Yeah, right. Carmen helping. <laughs> Bart should have came in and helped her if they're homies, but she did kind of force her will with them. It wasn't really like he was his, yeah, her true. friend. Like at first, if she would have said like, oh, I'm an enemy to Halen, she would have been like, or he would have been like, let's go. Let's do this yeah, thing. Yeah. But she kind of was like, do what I say. And we're getting a lot of that in this show with the do what I say kind of stuff mm-hmm. with the well, AI. Well, she's not a very subtle person and also doesn't seem like a person that gets told no a lot. Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, she seems we like a find very out forceful. that she's, yeah, very forceful. She's the boss, at, the boss of what she is. She's the company manager. So we're going back to the company for the QTA. Yeah, it's, just so, it's so funny yeah. to think about that we have titles like that, like company manager versus like it feels like they're more like combat people. <laughs> yeah. It's just like it feels a little bit incongruous. I, I, but it does add a little interesting wrinkle again to the company, the QTA, you know? So. It's one of those things, too, that you brought up in the last episode covering episodes one and two, where this stuff is interesting, but are we going to mm. get yeah. the widespread portion of this stuff? Like, are we really going to find out the deal with even the minister from the last episode, the QTA in general? We'll get QTA because we know it has to do with the QTA, what's going on with the mission and stuff. But there's ISA, there's QTA, there's all this cool stuff that we can talk about, but we don't know if they're going to talk about it, mm-hmm. if they're even planning on talking about it, which yeah. it could make this show worse if we get some information and then you're like, okay, but yeah, you're not really yeah, telling us much s- more. We're world still building, a- but not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're at a place, right, at least I don't want to speak for you. I'm at a place where I don't know where to place my expectation. My base expectation, knowing nothing, is this like kind of nearly you know, grand space adventure almost. That sounds actually bigger than what I'm thinking, expecting type of deal. And and what one of the YouTube comments said, it would, it's interesting still if it's two characters hold up in this yeah, definitely. kind of That's beacon fine. for a long time. But we also are breaking that isolation, it feels like, periodically with side characters that introduce world bidding aspects mm-hmm. that are kind of like, if that just ends up being window dressing, I feel like I would rather it be pure isolation right. than like isolation with window dressing that only serves to, I guess, maybe increase the feeling of the isolation because we know the world outside's bigger and you, I guess you could argue, but I guess for me personally, that's not as much what I'm interested in. Yeah. I, I mean, double-edged sword here because if they don't give us anything, I'm sure there'll be viewers that say like, okay, there's two people on a beacon and, and we don't know anything about anything. Like, what, what do we care about them? But then mm-hmm. it is, like we're saying, you start to get a taste of what's out there. You're going to want to know why they're not giving us more of it and why they're not actually expanding this story. So, you know, I don't know how many times we want to beat this dead horse, but <laughs> excited to see which route they're going to take. And, and it could honestly be, like I said last episode, it could be, hey, it's an isolation season. We're going to give you a taste of what's out there. If the season does well, maybe we'll expand it. And it doesn't even have to be necessarily Aster and Halen in the story going forward. Or maybe they will be, but it'll be expanded. Who knows? I mean, MGM Plus, I'm not sure what their plans are in general for how big they want to get. I mean, the thing that the, the problem is here, it's MGM Plus. It's not Amazon. It's not Netflix. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are saying, how do we watch this shit? And again, I do want to reiterate, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. You can watch the first episode for free, and then you'll have to pay if you want the rest. There are people that do have it with their cable. So if you're not, if you're listening to this, you're not even one of these people. But, you know, <laughs> of course, check it yeah. out. <laughs> but, um, you know, like from, I brought it up last 
episode from is getting big and is and made some splashes for MGM Plus. Hopefully, Beacon Twenty Three does. I don't know if it will, but I just don't know what they think they can do with a franchise on an MGM yeah. Plus level. Yeah, I just I have no. I part of me wants to have read the source material to kind of know yeah. where where we're at for almost from a narrative standpoint. But I think that'll ruin things, so I won't do that. But yeah, I guess we're, I mean, we're just going to have to see what happens. You know, we'll be here week to week and we'll just kind of ride the train along yeah. with everybody else. It seems like we got still some nice tidbits for us. I feel like not necessarily confirming things that we thought, but furthering storylines that we were interested in, which I think in general is just a win overall for this episode. I like the idea of the QTA being this kind of nefarious, by any means necessary entity within the universe the galaxy Mm -hmm. the what may have you and i'm really latching on to this like messing with the beacons conspiracy thing it seemed like they had something to do with beacon 23 itself making the crest crash obviously that feels like a lot of power Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. to be able to pull something like that off feels like whoa you know type of thing so they're interesting me a lot i'm super interested to see if Halen has any connection to the QTA that either he doesn't remember or he doesn't realize type of thing. So there's there's still, you know, lots of interesting bits in here. Yeah, I agree. And it does seem like if organized crime exists in this world, that's them. You know, yeah, the company yeah. being, you know, being in the shadows, that just that seems like that's what it is and I agree. It it seems like it's interesting throughout the episode you have Aster wondering why she's a great employee for all Mm -hmm. these years why the hell are they planning on killing her we find out that they didn't plan on killing her and they actually were just setting her up but it's still risking her life and you know coley does the whole i would have never let you die thing and whatever they're basically using her as bait so they don't think that much of her so yeah she's gonna have a problem with that obviously you know i actually thought during this during this episode that coley was warming up to halen for a second they do play us like that, where they're we're watching them. Yeah. We're thinking, oh, okay, all right, these are the, they're going to be homies, like just like the episode. Why isn't why can't we do three or whatever the hell I just said the episode's name was? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, we get the whole dinner scene, and or even before the dinner scene, like they look like where they bring up that she's going to cook. Well, then right away, Coley's like, I'm going to go to my ship and totally sandbag Halen and put in the request for all of his information, and then you know. She's pretty nefarious from the rest, and that's where it came with the villain of the week kind of situation. Halen Kai Nelson is his name. Not that Mm -hmm. that's hugely important, but that's what we find out. Something I wanted to ask you is right around this point in the episode, Aster is continuing to be suspicious about this crash, but Harm says it's an accident, and Harm says don't go any further into this. What are you doing when she goes like to the pod and she's trying to figure stuff out? Do you think that harm has anything to do with this Mm. and the QTA and she's kind of like a double agent or do you just think that she's purely Aster's AI that only knows a certain amount and can't figure out the rest of it and that's why she just believes it was an accident? I think maybe it's a bit of both. I think maybe she's aware of the potential of the QTA. I don't know if she's necessarily in on what's going on with the QTA. I feel like they made a a very specific point to mention that she is like a personal AI. I think it would be interesting if we find out that like harm 
was her mom's AI. Oh, okay. And then maybe something happened to her mom and harms kind of, I don't want to say PTSD. I don't know if that's a possible thing for the AI, but they have mentioned mm -hmm. it in Halen. So if she's like basically not wanting harm to go down that same road, maybe right. of what happened to her she's mom. She's trying type to protect her. Yeah, I, I could see that being a thing. Maybe I'll just throw that on the board just to not care if it's okay. wrong and, and think I of like it as that. an interesting thing. I, I don't want harm to be like a just like a calculated stone cold like company woman i guess you could say right a company ai type yeah. of thing so i'm gonna hope that it's it's more of like a personal emotional is trying to look out for aster type right. of angle i agree i think that's a good way to do it because i don't need bart and harm to turn mm -hmm. Even though Bart's not really a turn because we already think yeah. of him as a little bastard. Yeah, but still, he's from the get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he ends up being something big with the reveal of how the finale turns out, I don't need there to be something later where Harm's like, ha ha ha, I worked with the QTA this whole time. I don't think I need that. I kind of do like that she's the personal AI. I love the mother thing. That's great. She's trying to protect Aster. That's where you get into like Westworld kind of stuff where it's like AI making their own cognitive yeah. decisions which is cool but i mean i don't know <laughs> again are this they seems go with more, that kind of I mean, stuff but, yeah this version yeah. of i guess you could say our world seems much more advanced than yeah. what was going on in westworld so yeah definitely i could see it being a thing so we get this dinner scene you think they're gonna have a nice little dinner coley just turns heel in two seconds and just she was wasted throws it and i guess i forgot to say earlier Halen, or I'm sorry, Aster and Coley go to Mars again. They, everyone yeah. just loves going to the gravity room and yeah. doing it big. And first they're getting hammered, then they're getting high and whatever you want to say. And they're just doing it big. And um, I, I, I didn't bring this up, but I do like the conversation at first that Halen has with Aster about like, what do they think is going on with the person in the lighthouse? Is he going to make it? Is he going to die? Mm -hmm. And he says he changes it every day. And what do you think today? I think he's getting his ass crushed, that kind of thing. I do like now he's like, I've been up here for a year just trying to figure out what's up with this little dude. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I agree. I, the photo itself, like I mentioned last episode, is interesting to me just from the personal angle of it's been in my parents' house since I have a memory. So, so what do you I think? Like, do you oh, think I did a little, you know, the little Leo DiCaprio when it came on yeah, the screen, a yeah. little snapping point. I just like what he says and again you can correct me if i'm wrong i'm not sure if it happens here or later when he basically says to aster he's very determined when he's like i'm like not going to let that weight crush me like no matter right, what happens right. like i won't mm -hmm. be the guy stuck on the lighthouse i refuse to let that be me i like that i guess maybe symbolism per se or either like that just use of the photo to kind of tell us more about halen's character i thought that was well done yeah, I agree. That is a little bit later after it's found out that mm. he's the deserter, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, great time to talk about it now anyway, just because it's just generally all the times they're going to Mars. And at yeah. this point, Aster and um, Aster and Coley having a little quality time together and yeah. Halen sandbags him a little bit, you know? 
they just get right back to it anyway, so they don't care. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. They weren't going <laughs> to let nothing them. stop them after, yeah, I guess, years. Them. Under the stars, man. Under the stars and making love. That's quite the spot. That's quite the spot. Yeah, really is. So, <laughs> but, during, but during this dinner now, we found, find out a lot here. More background information from Coley. <laughs> you know, throughout this episode, you're finding out that she loves Aster. And I'm not expecting her to just straight up be like, you know what? You're a piece of shit. You cheated on me a million times. You you left me for four days. I just want you to know, Halen, that she sucks. And I love her in spite of the fact that she sucks. Like, I don't like that I love her. It was an interesting dinner conversation. I literally wrote, like, the things that were happening. You know, Aster's promiscuous and Cooley thinks she's unreliable and she uses people. And now, you know, all of Halen's quote-unquote dirty laundry is getting aired. And I just wrote this episode is literally all over the place. Yeah, like I yeah. I cannot get a pin down on Cooley or whatever her place, her roles towards other people. It was just all over the place. Yeah. Her just like yeah, she's she's nice and she's working this way, and we know she's doing things behind the back. And her and Aster then hook up and they bang, and then now she's airing out all her dirty laundry, and <laughs> and then her and Halen have like a somewhat nice interaction at one point and now he's you know worse than scum and she wants to spit in his face and i was just mm-hmm, like oh mm-hmm. i don't know what the hell is going on yeah yeah you can tell right away in this episode i mean not right away but pretty quickly that aster and coley have a relationship some kind of relationship intimate it was interesting when aster's getting like the massage from halen and he stops right away and looks over and it's coley and this is before we find out that she's like hey, you cheat on me 24-7, and mm. Aster has to say to Coley later, me and Halen, there's nothing going on, and she says it a few yeah. times. Like She says it nonchalantly in the beginning when Halen is first kind of introduced to Coley, and then it's more beaten over the head when she's laying in bed and says, come on, lay with me, and that kind of stuff. Basically, we're learning here that Aster's sketchy. I mean, she's our protagonist. We love her. Cersei Lannister, we love to hate her. But um, Lena Headey's our girl, but she's got some sketchiness to her. Halen, to me, this is where obviously, like you said, his dirty laundry's coming out. I think it's bullshit. I think that, like you said, I love the fact that you're bringing up maybe he was either overridden or forced to do something or his memories are mm-hmm. being changed or something like that. If he has something to do with the QTA, easily they could just rewrite that mission statement, that mission report, and have it show up so that Coley sees it and says your POS to Halen, like, easily rewritten. Yeah, that's true. So I think definitely Halen's going to be coming out pretty much as, like, a little angel here at some point. Now, as much as, like, a soldier human weapon can be a little angel, you know what I'm yeah, saying? That's but fair. that's fair. Um, Aster's the interesting character here because she's our protagonist as well, but she's got some demons. She's got some mm-hmm. uh, skeletons in those closets. Yeah, she seems to have more let's call it, I guess, purposeful depth in the sense that she is consciously making decisions. She has a past of of actions and things that she's not necessarily running away from. I feel like she isn't saying like, oh, I never did those things. Like she's very cognizant that those things happen. Type right. of deal. And it, like they were a way for either her to get what she wanted or et cetera, et cetera. While Halen is in more like the denial sphere of A, those things didn't happen or B, you know, like, I don't remember them, or that's not me type of thing. So they kind of have those little bit of opposites in the sense that they still have that checkered past. So I like that. 
you know, that combination of the two of them, I wonder how they will moving forward kind of learn from each other, learn about each other, grow together, maybe enforce the worst or like, you know, the least good parts about each other. Maybe, maybe it's not necessarily a good relationship. You know, maybe they bring out the worst in each other or they bring out the best in each other. I don't know. I mean, like you said, they're the stars of the show. So the fact that we're learning more about them and they're becoming more interesting each episode is a good thing. That's what the show should be about. I agree. But again, not to beat the dead horse again, it's just, it's everything outside of them is where the show falls short. And I guess if you had to decide, that's the best way for it to happen. Like if you had to pick one, I'm glad the main characters and their storylines are the intriguing and the mystery and all that kind of stuff. So, Right. I'd rather definitely the main characters be the interesting thing than or ha- then have Battle or Coley or somebody show up. We'd be like, oh my God, they're the coolest yeah. thing ever and that these main characters suck and then they kill off the side characters who are awesome. So yeah, we're fine. Like, we're okay. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where we have to see where it goes. But mm-hmm. something big that does happen here is we find out about Gashad, I believe her name is, and this is the girl from The Vision. So during this entire throwdown between Coley and Halen, where she's just throwing everything in his face, she starts naming everybody that pretty much died because he deserted. And at first, Halen's like, whoa, like, I didn't desert. Like, I don't think that's, or I think he knows he deserted. He just doesn't know why. He says it's fuzzy. He thinks he deserted. So again, that's all confusing. But he does remember the names, and he starts naming people after she's naming people. She finishes, he finishes her sentence, and he says, Gashad. We have a lot of history. Then it shows the visions. And you pretty much nailed it from the beginning. Uh, You convinced me in the first episode. But for whatever reason, when I was seeing the visions, I was thinking it had something to do with him helping Solomon, like, get the rocks. And the rocks were distorting Mm -hmm. his vision. And it was like an expedition to get the, like, maybe the girl, Solomon, and him were the ones getting the rocks. But it just, for now, it does seem like it's the mission that he was on that he deserted. And Gashad is his girl that he has a yeah. history with and one of his soldiers. Well, I think both of those things can almost be true because like, especially the more we see the flashbacks and stuff for the, yeah, I guess we just call them flashbacks. The They seem blue toned to me. They do, yeah. They in do. In the same way definitely. that the rocks are. So that could definitely I would say is still, a, or that is still rather a viable possibility, I guess we'll right. call it. Yeah, I don't think we have anything to say. We can write that off completely. Okay, yeah. So that's interesting that we got that information now. So we figured out who the girl is. I'm sure we'll get more about her soon. I was just cracking up. Well, first of all, they're talking about the mission and now it's upgraded. And there's been side conversations this whole episode. Asser wants to bring Halen. Coley doesn't. And she says she will. And then obviously she's sneaking behind his back and she's trying to get rid of him. All that kind of stuff that's underlying the entire episode. Then we find out that this is a I don't know if she said a C mission or something, but it's upgraded to, mm. a, to a higher level where even Coley's not going to ask what they want from it. And it's based on Solomon and Aster's reports. Whatever the reports are that they got, they believe it should be upgraded. Now, when you say Solomon's reports, do you think that just means that Coley got on the ship or even Aster sent the reports to QTA. It wasn't that Solomon was like working for the QTA. It's just that they grabbed the reports and sent them. And that's why they're now upgraded. Um, I guess in the the upgrade, the reason for the upgrade probably has something to do with with Cooley. 
I would say, but initially he sent reports somehow to someone. Right. You know, maybe I could see that, you know, maybe he sent him, he sent him initially to ISA. And they, I wouldn't be shocked at all that QTA has bodies inside of ISA. Yeah. You know, Intel okay. type of yeah. people. Or I mean, maybe Solomon's working, was working for QTA as, a, you know, I guess a fake member of ISA because uh, it seems like you need to be officially posted as a beacon keeper. Right. Did they call them beacon keepers? Or I, yep. Did I just yep. make that up? Okay. No, it sounded, good. Yeah, it sounded <laughs> right. So, yeah, again, Solomon, another thing, just more information that we need to find out, essentially. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but this whole conversation is happening as they're walking around going into the bedroom and then they're yeah. kind of circling around each other. And Halen sneaking into the bedroom was cracking me up. Like he, he's doing like a little like sneak, 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 trying to get in. And I'm like, nobody's around right now, bro. Like you can just yeah. walk right into the room. And then obviously they come around the corner. Eventually he hears them coming from a mile away. It takes him forever to be like, oh shit, they're coming. Yeah. And then he's lucky. You know, it was a very emotional conversation they were engaged yeah. in. And then they do that thing where they're just circling each other. One's mm-hmm. in the room, one's not. And then the one, did, blah, blah, blah. And then he grabs the key. He finds out that this is game over for him. Coley's coming for him. So he runs to try to, I guess, take the ship. I guess he was ready mm-hmm. to that's what I took leave best. Aster. And that's what I was taking. And then tries to put the key in. And he gets concussion blasted pretty much saying, not allowed in. Yeah. Yeah. He's beat Access at the same denied. time pretty much. Yeah. Aster gets, gets trank patched whatever that yeah. may be. So I just, I mean, my note just says they both get got basically at the same time. I and mean, Cooley is basically going to kill both of them. Right. She does say that she was going to kill Aster, which I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this relationship is all over the place. Yeah. But I guess she couldn't bring herself to do so. And then we get to the end with a nice little liver shot. Yeah. Yeah. The kill shot. So, <laughs> I mean, we already kind of brought this up. Something important here is that, it took Halen four months to get to the beacon, 84,000 star systems away, and Coley says, well, there's only one reason he's coming to this freaking one spot, and that's for the rocks. Now, probably in Aster's head, that brings more of the along the lines of, hey, we're meant to be yeah, here for some reason. Here. For it's sure. like star-crossed lovers, except not lovers. Just like mm-hmm. we have, we're meeting for some reason to get to these rocks. So that's confirming for her, and that... Probably is why she went as far as kill for somebody that she quote unquote loves. But yeah, we get, we get all we get all the information here. We we find out about the QTA staging the accident. We already brought this up. So they they knew or at least thought Salmon would bring Aster back in. She would be the mole inside. Coley knew this entire thing and she lied. So like you said, mm-hmm. tranquilizing happens. And then the stabbing and fade to black, pretty much. So, another hello, goodbye for a character. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think Coley was way, 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 way better than the Wreckers. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I am so happy that it wasn't just like, hey, here's another bad guy. I mean, I'm sure you were probably thinking, I thought it was cool, but then I was like, oh, no. When the lights come back on and it says, like, somebody's docked. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, are there going to be another freaking, like, yeah, set yeah. of bad guys to kill? Like, <laughs> But I'm glad it was Coley. It was, a, it was a great episode in terms of giving us more information. I would have liked for Coley to last a little bit longer. I think it would have been a I very agree. important death if this relationship would have lasted. I don't know how many freaking times I had to say it. I don't know where this is going, so <laughs> I don't know how quick they need to get her out of here. Yeah. So if they don't need to get her, her out of here quickly, then I think this episode, spanning over like three episodes, 
where a little bit more time for Coley mm-hmm. to pretend like she likes Halen, a little more time with the relationship between her and Aster, and then boom, Coley turns, here's the stab shot to the liver, fade to black, oh shit. Yeah. A little bit more. They, t- they tell us, like, hey, Dark Matter Storm, four to seven days or whatever, or four days. Four to five days, yeah, we're stuck yeah, here. Yeah, to wait Keeping it out, us on the beacon. Thing. Yeah, so it felt like we were going to get that, but we got a little bit of a curveball. The, the yeah. only thing that we didn't touch on that I wanted to just briefly mention, it's just that we get a very quick scene of Halen um, mentions that his ship, or at least an object that shaped oh, yes, like his yes. ship, pops up on the radar. I don't have any additional takes on that. I don't think we know enough for me to comfortably say what I think about it, but I guess we'll see what happens. I, I just mm-hmm. don't know. He says that Solomon took it, so I don't know if that means that like he took it and something happened to it and that's why he's like murdered and gone or if he yeah. died on the beacon you know type of thing I, I guess we'll we'll find out more on that but yeah just the only wrap up or final thought i would have is just that again we're learning more but we're also being exposed to more mysteries and yeah. that's not the worst thing in the world that seems classic hugh howie yeah pretty much exactly how silo went yeah this yeah i mean silo had obviously a larger cast of characters just due to the setting but mm-hmm. it, this is kind of similar to Silo in the sense that we're getting introduced to these mysteries and maybe we learn more in the next episode about a mystery, but then a new mystery gets you know identified. So we have now Aster's mother and her chain and her little pendant. Yeah. So that's and I just think like it's important to say wrinkle. I think it's important to say too that Hugh Howie talked to us twice on the podcast and a lot of people watch Silo and were like holy shit, what's going on outside? Can they leave? Can they not leave? Is it going to kill them? Is it going to not kill them? What is this damn mystery? And Hugh was like, cool, but think about the mysteries within the silo, the relationships within the silo. Mm-hmm. That's very important. It could be very similar. You know, We're talking about how they're not going to expand or maybe they will expand. What are they going to do? It could just be, let's talk about the outside, but there's mystery enough, there's relationships enough within this beacon. and. Maybe Hugh wrote his first book. Again, didn't read it. Maybe these five short stories are within the beacon. Maybe season one is his short stories together, and then maybe they'll expand it. He said himself that this is not a direct adaptation. It's very different. So he gave his blessing for the changes, so maybe he's okay with them just turning it into some big thing eventually. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to find out in the next episodes. Yep. All right, guys, Beacon 23, episode three is done. We will be back for four through eight, so stay tuned. Again, if you're listening on the Silo or the Beacon 23 feed, check us out at BingetownTV.com or our Bingetown TV feed. All you have to do is type Bingetown TV in any of your favorite podcast apps. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. We appreciate all of you guys commenting. We love to get back to you as quick as possible. If you're on the YouTube video and you want to listen to the podcast, the links are in the description. We'll make sure we can link you guys to uh, get right to the podcast audio if you're looking for that. If you're on the run and you just want to listen to us instead of watching us. Otherwise, right now we're covering uh, Murder at the End of the World, Beacon 23, and Invincible. We're dropping Invincible two episodes at a time, so we're not covering it week to week. We're dropping it in pieces, but... Uh, episode four is this week, so a drop should be coming very soon. We've covered Fall of the House of Usher, Jujutsu Kaisen's coming, Attack on Titan was dropped. So there's plenty of stuff and everything in the past four years. Yeah, so yeah. 
Check us out at <laughs> BingetownTV.com, guys. We have everything there. We appreciate you all listening and watching. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thank you so much for listening. Go Birds. Go Birds. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.